0: Welcome to This Academic Life, episode 66. This episode is sponsored by the School of Engineering at Rensselaer Polytech Institute. Did you know that RPI is the oldest technical institute in the world? We're actually celebrating the 200th anniversary next year. So we'll get ready
1: and prepare for this big celebration that is up and coming. Hi, my name is Pani Anual. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering.
0: Hi, my name is Lucy John. I am a professor of mechanical engineering. Faculty Senate, what is it? If you're a student, you probably never heard of it. If you are a new faculty or relatively new faculty, you might think this is a mysterious organization, wondering what it does. I've served on my University Faculty Senate as an executive committee member before. To tell you the truth, I still don't know much about it. So fortunately, we have our guest today, Professor Shanti Diem Yad, a professor from the University of Utah. We're really glad to have her here today to learn more about Faculty Senate. Welcome, Shanti. Thank you so
2: much for the invitation. Glad
0: to be here. Um, Maybe you can get us started on sharing a little bit more about you, your background, academic training, and your current role as the president of the Faculty Senate.
2: So I'm a physicist and I'm a professor of physics at the Department of Physics and Astronomy at the University of Utah. I have been here since 2010, and prior to that, I was a postdoctoral fellow at Harvard University. And before that, I grad, uh, received my Ph.D. from Washington University in St. Louis. And the first stage of my academic career was uh, in Tehran, Iran, where I received my bachelor's of science from Sharif University. Um, so I am the academic senate uh, president at University of Utah during the Uh, academic year 2023-24. This is a one-year term for our university and it can vary between different institutions.
1: So uh, Shanti, you mentioned that you are the president of Faculty Senate. Can you tell us what is this Faculty Senate all about and a little bit about the rules and structures and the responsibilities?
2: Yes. So one of the things is that I wanted to first emphasize is that at University of Utah, we have academic senate rather than the faculty senate. It's mainly composed of faculty members, but it has other members. So the academic senate is a pillar of shared governance. The the way that universities functions is that they have policies that governs their academic programs, and some of them, they just are operational policies. Uh, All the policies that are academically significant, new new units, new um, degrees, changes in the many of the academic structures, they all have to be verified by different parts of the university, and uh, Academic Senate is one pillar of this uh, basically uh, policy making. Uh, the other function of the Academic Senate is that it is the place where the faculty and other community members at the university can voice their uh, concerns and so the function of the academic senate is to listen to the faculty inform them about all of the new uh, events that are happening even if they're not academically significant even the faculty are not voting and then they also participate in the process of the policy approval and changes and modifications that happens uh, in the at the university Well, I did
1: not know that there is a difference between Academic Senate and Faculty Senate. So thank you for that clarification. So uh, how do faculty get elected or they've been selected to serve in the Academic Senate or Faculty Senate, I guess, in general? And what measures are in place to make sure that there is diversity within the Senate?
2: So um, the Academic Senate has this structure that diversely include all the units and all the parts of the university. For example, at the moment, There's a policy that governs the structure of the Academic Senate. So the voting members of the Academic Senate, they are elected by their constituents, and we have 104 faculty serving on the Academic Senate. There are 19 career-line faculty and 85 tenure-line faculty. And these are the faculty that are representing different colleges and areas within the university. The election goes through the voting process by the constituents and the representative departments and areas. We also have 20 student representatives and it's one per college and as well as we have the ASUU president and ASUU appointee and these are basically the uh, student governance structure. We also have two deans that are elected by academic deans and this is the voting members, the structure of voting members of the academic senate. In addition, Senate, for example, has Senate officers. Have, there's a Senate president that serves for one year as a Senate president, one year as past president, and one year as president-elect. And we have parliamentarian, which is a policy liaison. It is a appointed uh, position by the Senate president and approval of the Senate and executive committee of the Senate. We also have Senate secretary and Senate program manager. These are our staff, positions and they are uh, basically uh, are appointed uh, by the university. Uh, the, the Senate president past and el president-elects are elected. You have to run for them. And the vote comes from the voting members of the uh, Academic Senate each year. And then we also have ex officio of positions as your non-voting members. They have the right to attend, they have the right to motion and discuss and these include University president, the senior vice presidents of uh, Academic Affairs and Health Sciences. Uh, we have academic um, deans, and except for the two that they were among the voting deans and academic advisor representative, University of Utah Staff Council. And at the moment, we are in the process of having voting member from the staff council. So I'm saying the structure of Academic Senate can change to represent the community as whole. This is
0: actually quite a bit more complicated or complex than the one I served in. As you mentioned, there's a difference and ours is purely just faculty senate. So there are no other members besides faculty. So in terms of even the administrative level, like taking notes or such, that's all within a member of the faculty Senate. So I can he- I can sense that yours is way more complicated because you have other members. and then you also have um, representations from different groups uh, and levels. That's quite interesting. Yeah, exactly.
2: And in addition, the Senate has nine standing committees. So these are basically looking at different areas of academic principles, policies, and policy making.
0: I think one thing i noticed a uh, a difference, perhaps you also have it. Our faculty senate has one of those committees called tenure review committee. They actually get a vote in parallel from the academic track. So during the tenure process, it's a typical your department, it gets to the dean and then eventually gets to the provost. And then there is a parallel track coming from the faculty senate. One of the committees will then do the same similar thing. So they will review all the cases coming in for the entire institute. So the recommendation coming from this committee and then the recommendation coming from the dean both will go into as the recommendation to the provost. So I don't know if that's the same because that plays a quite significant part in the tenure process. I mean, I'm sure every committee functions a little bit differently, but I don't know if that's the case.
2: You don't have that at University of Utah. And as you know, academic senates and faculty senates, they are basically, they they have been uh, starting at University of Utah. The story starts from a, a faculty firing that happened. The four faculty were fired because of the um they practiced their academic freedom. Uh, the president at the time was not happy, fired them, and then 14 faculty resigned. And then the case elevated to American Association of University Professors and to the news. So that led to the establishment of the tenure in United States. And the faculty senates that at University of Utah, it evolved to be an academic Senate at the end. But each university can be different. And it's interesting to see that yours is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have the Senate Consolidated Hearing Committee is serves to listens to the grievances of the retention, promotion, and tenure after. The senior vice president made the decision about the tenure case or promotion case of a candidate. It only steps in as deemed necessary and if there is a complaint. So can you tell
0: us how often do you all meet? Are these different committees meet separately or they're all together meeting uh, regularly?
2: So the committees meet separately. The committee members are not necessarily part of the Academic Senate, and typically they are not. We also have Academic Senate Executive Committee, which is a smaller group, and they are uh, pre-screening the agenda that comes to the Academic Senate and they look and see if the policies, the agenda items are academically significant and Academic Senate has different calendars. It has debate calendar where voting happens. It has information calendar, which is just to provide informative information to the faculty and it has consent calendar. And and, and so basically it has different sections. So the Executive Committee of Academic Senate, which is made out of a smaller group of faculty, forms and meetings once a month, roughly. And these are closed sessions. Um, The university president and uh, other administrators, they also join and provide feedback. And they place different agenda items. First of all, they determine if they're academically significant, that they can go through voting or not. And the second thing is that they place them in different calendars. Then every um, month, also once, the full Academic Senate has a meeting and they vote on the agenda items that require a, a faculty senate vote. They also, during both of these academic senate and executive meetings, the top administrators are present, the university president, the senior vice presidents. At the University of Utah, we don't have a provost. We have senior vice president of academic affairs and senior vice president for health sciences, They typically, both of them, they uh, join these and they provide reports, their discussions with the faculty, their open discussions and answer questions.
0: Can I follow up on that? How open are they, these discussions? Because the reason I'm asking is that, in my point of view, right? So academic senate or faculty senate, they represent one side. They typically do not represent administration. And typically they are on the different sides. There's negotiation between you know, one group versus the other. I'm wondering how closely are you working together or is it collegial or there are uh, competing interests?
2: So uh, I think that the university is basically as a whole is a system that is serves to educate to create an educational system that is serves to do to accommodate research and teaching and also service to the community. Now, Faculty Senate is one pillar of this process of making things happen. If you remove the faculty that, who are doing all the research and who are doing all the teaching, then for the university, then it becomes a situation that there is a competition between administration and the faculty. Um, I think the whole uh, idea of shared governance and the participation of the Academic Senate in the policy making makes it possible for this to become less of a competition and more of a constructive relation. And uh, there is no question that the faculty sometimes have different ideas from the uh, administration and faculty have different ideas from each other as well. But to answer your question fairly, I think most of the time, the relation between the Academic Senate and the administration is collaborative and in, my position as the academic senate president, I always try to make sure that academic senate is independent and it has its autonomy So and it can make decisions and be the voice of faculty truly and not silencing the faculty or the constituents or the members of the community and be um, uh, the voice with the administration as well. So I don't think they're really competing on everything but there are times that Administration wants something to go fast and efficient and faculty want it to be done through the process. They want their academic freedom to be observed and the principles of academic freedom. And that's where the conversation takes place. And still, I wouldn't call it competition. I would say the constructive sharing of the governance for the betterment of the whole institution. And our academic senate meetings are open to public. Uh, We often have reporters, they join it. We have like uh, governors and just like uh, legislators they joining, depending on the situation.
1: So Shanti, you mentioned that uh, you've been a president of the Academic Senate for for this academic year, which is going to be only only for one year, you will be in that position. So I know that you are almost halfway through it or semi-half, but uh, during this period, have you encountered any challenges, any
2: difficulties? So, uh, yes, uh, of course, I'm, I think the challenges that are present at every leading position And when you are going to be the voice of the community that is larger than you and your immediate uh, people around you. So it becomes very challenging because... Uh, You need to somehow think beyond yourself, your own problems, your own interests, and try to understand uh, the very complex structure of university. University of Utah is a large institution, is a major research institution, and it composed of faculty from many areas that are dealing with different uh, issues. So you need to understand all the aspects and you also have to be able to be a little bit brave in uh, being able to uh, openly bring these uh, issues up with the top administrators. Academic Senate president typically meets with the university president, with the uh, senior vice presidents and other top administrators on a regular basis. Making sure you're listening to what faculty in, are dealing with, and you these information to the top administrators is important. The other challenge that is out there is that um, as the academic senate president, at least for me, there were many, many times that I was not sure what is right and what is wrong, and what is the right process, because university is very complex, and the information, all of them are not out there It's very different from the job that I do as a scientist in my lab, that I know exactly how to deal with a known. Here, sometimes I don't know how to deal with a known. And in that case, I have been trying hard to not try to solve all the problems myself. We have a leadership team. We have a past president and president elect, and I heavily relied on their knowledge, their support, and we have a policy liaison, and we have parliamentarian. And I have been continuously asking questions, trying to make sure that I understand. We also have the Senate uh, operational officers and Senate secretary, and they have wealth of knowledge, these two staff positions, because they have been working with Senate on appointment year after year. So I have been trying to communicate and ask people's opinion. And this way you can assure that you're not making all these decisions alone and you're not relying just on yourself to answer questions. Um, I've been trying to make this a leadership team, not just my decision.
0: Well, that's really good to hear. I always wondered these, these type of position, I I can't imagine how many difficult situations will appear, and then they will probably all look very unique. And every case is different. And uh, so I guess that gets to my uh, next question. Really, what motivated you to take on this role? It's not easy, I am sure of that. And uh, how has this uh, sort of leadership journey had shaped you in any way?
2: So I think the way that I landed in this position was uh, basically I was part of the academic senate, I was a sen- elected senator, and I don't think I had much of a motivation necessarily for that at the time. It was was very I, it wasn't a known. I was just it was another committee that I was elected and I said, okay, I'm gonna serve. And at the very beginning, I don't think I was getting the sense that all these policies that you're working on are huge, have huge significance. So some of them were like a slight change of the name of a certificate, for example. And one would wonder, what is the big deal about it? And then people discuss, and then they make these changes. But then after that, I was also served on the executive committee of the Academic Senate, and I started slowly sort of and not from the top down, I just basically slowly grew into understanding what are the things that Academic Senate is dealing with and how the Academic Senate is providing support for the community, for example, through dealing with pandemic challenges or through the dealing with the challenges of the health insurance of the faculty, how or the benefits of the faculty, how the life of faculty is discussed and when i was I, I was approached by the former president of the academic senate and i was uh, asked to nominate myself for the presidency of the academic senate at that point i was interested in the basically how effective academic senate can be in terms of determining the function of the, our education and our educational policies or functions as an educational institution but if i want to be very honest i knew nothing compared to what i know now after uh, one and a half year that i have been president elect and the president of the academic senate about the how effective how important this entity is in this basically in our institution and in every educational institution
1: wow so thank you for for explaining uh your motivations in going through this this process but at the end of the day you are also a faculty in the physics and i'm sure that you have other academic commitments as well so how do you balance Between all of these hats that you need to wear.
2: So, as the in the leadership position of the Academic Senate, the institution provides support to the president president elect and the past president of the academic senate in forms of covering up some of their duties like for example you can um, there is a part of like 25% of your uh, annual salary is covered during the first and last year of this appointment and during your presidency year, 50% of your um, appointment is basically covered by the university you can use this basically to negotiate with your department that you won't be teaching, or you can buy off your service, or you can ask for compensation for your research salary and stuff like that that you so you would have enough of the time to dedicate to the uh, work of the academic Senate. It on it, to be honest, it doesn't really cover the amount of time that one would I'm spending on this. But um, I really see it as an honor to serve this large community. And I feel that every time that I make a positive change, I feel really good about it. Not that I'm always successful, but when I feel that I could make a positive change, I really feel good about every moment that I put on that. I also have to add that this is not something that I can do for extended period of time, my research is going to be impacted negatively if I do that. Even with all the compensation in place, it would not be possible to to run a research group and be part of the academic community of your own research area if you want to do this heavy uh, lifting of the the, um, work and the academic senate. So
0: last, could you share with us Any myths or stereotypes that you often hear about faculty senate or academic senate that are not really true?
2: The myth that I have been hearing is that academic senate is not really an effective uh, entity and and is just basically there to show that uh, it exists. The faculty have a voice, but it really doesn't do anything. And I think that is in very inaccurate the academic senate does what it's supposed to do is an extremely effective and important part of the shared governance it is a place that people can be heard it is a place that people can contribute and it's a myth that it's not effective thank you so much
0: um are there anything that uh anything before we wrap
2: up Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, the shared governance is uh, an important part of having a healthy system. And many bright people from other parts of the world, they come to this country, and while they cannot uh, do very good work in their own place, they become very successful in the institutions elsewhere. And the difference is in the system. And keeping a system, a healthy system, is through having all the minds participating in the process of decision-making, in the policy-making. And that's why the Academic Senate or Faculty Senate is an important part of this healthy system and makes this country a leading research uh, place that attracts all the minds from everywhere.
0: That's really wonderfully said. That could be my uh, ending. <laughs> thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you, Shanti, for spending your time with us today and share your thoughts and experiences on serving on the faculty or academic senate. To our listeners, we hope our discussion today helped you understand a bit more on one of the most important academic functions. Thank you all for listening. And we want to thank our sponsor, the School of Engineering at Rensselaer Polytech Institute, again, for sponsoring this episode. If you want to be one of our sponsors, please contact us. Just email us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. We're always welcoming sponsors. So from any institution, any organization, this is a great way to to help us and also help you get your words out. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of this academic life.